is Fox News. It's Jimmy Fallon inviting you to join me on Fox Across America weekdays at 10 a.m. on News Talk 930 KROE. At Carpet Design, their showroom showcases the latest in carpeting, luxury vinyl, tile, laminate, as well as all types of hardwood flooring. You'll see what's new in color, texture, and technology. If your flooring is showing its age or you just are ready to make a change, come see what's new and exciting at Carpet Design. Every Saturday from 10 to 3, take 20% off on flooring in the warehouse. Large selection, too. Free estimates, 643 Riverside Street, Carpet Design. Staying on top of your tax and accounting records doesn't have to be a struggle. I'm Patrick Sucker. Parker Mellinger has been providing professional solutions and outstanding value for over 30 years. Whether you're interested in QuickBooks consulting, monthly accounting, payroll preparation, or tax preparation, Parker Mellinger is the solution for your tax and accounting needs. Call us today. Your initial consultation is always free at Harker Mellinger, 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. From Sheridan Media News, it's time for Open Line Friday. Your chance to join the conversation and talk about what you want to talk about. Call the Jackson Electric Open Line at 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Open Lines, Aaron Palmer. And good morning. Let's see if we got... There. Hopefully we're okay. <laughs> Good morning. Aaron Palmer on the Jackson Electric Open Line Friday and my co-host here, Ron Richter. Good morning, Ron. Morning. I think we had everything I think going up here now. Okay. That's, that really does not equate to a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> For a second there, couldn't hear anything. I'm like, wow, are we on? Hello, are we on? Anyway. Um Jackson Electric Open Line Friday. We're we're talking today about wildfires, which, ironically enough, it's raining. Out. Yeah, I mean it's been raining like crazy <laughs> all spring. So there's a lot of people that probably aren't even thinking about wildfires, but we have a very real possibility. This has happened in the past where we have mm -hmm. a wet spring, and then all of a sudden it dries out in the summertime, and then the growth that happened during all of that rain now is a huge amount of fuel for wildfires out there. So that's kind of what we were asking people is, are you concerned? That was the poll question this week. And Ron, have you got the results there? I do. Okay. And uh, this week's first Northern Bank of Wyoming poll question, are you concerned about the coming wildfire season in Northeast Wyoming? 48% uh, said yes, 135 votes. 47% said no, 134. And... Five percent. Uh, we're still mulling it over, but uh, that's kind close. Of, uh, very close. Basically, one vote. Yeah, one hundred and thirty-five to one thirty-four. Um, you know, that's forty-eight, forty-seven percent. You're you're looking at right down the middle. Yeah. Um, and that probably goes back to you know here we have as much. Moisture. And if this continues all summer, then it's going to be fine. Yes, but it will not. No. We we all traditionally know, we and, all and maybe it will. I mean, you know, we could be wrong. We are sometimes. But, Didn't um, they say the El Nino is back? Yeah, El whoever. Yeah, El so, Fuego. Who 
<laughs> but it, I, I know exactly. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, I think a lot of the people that are saying that they're not concerned are like, you know, we've had a very wet spring. We've had a ton of moisture. Um, you know, the old we need the moisture crowd. And um, we have. But the only thing is, is if we transition right into 9,500 degrees in early July and we have no rain for two months throughout July and August, all this is going to be so overgrown and basically a tinderbox mm -hmm. come September and then we're going to be in the thick of it. Yeah, exactly. And that's the concern. Um, one of the things, there's been, a, the concern right now is flooding. Yes. Yeah, well, there, right now there's a flood advisory. I mean, there's, what is that? I just saw that. I was yeah. looking at that. Uh, flood advisory, you know, I, I guess they're, they're saying... It's called it's called off, you know, but I mean it's still through whenever. I mean, well, I think there's still one in place for Buffalo or yes. Johnson County for uh, most of the day today. Well, I, I was out doing some biking the other night along the uh, creeks in Sheridan, and they were they were raging pretty well. Yeah, I mean they they were pretty they much chocolate milk. Yeah, and they were up to the <laughs> banks. I mean, I did I didn't see any actual flooding, but that was I think Monday or Tuesday night. So right. by by that we've gotten quite a bit of rain since then. And the thing is, we get a lot of rain on the mountain, which is pushing what is left of that little snowpack, you know, and it's, it's coming down quick. Yeah, and it does look like chocolate milk. I saw pictures that Casper that's quick. had, yeah, had uh, some flooding in town. Yeah. Just, uh, I think it was yesterday, the day before, and it looked like, I mean, creeks running down streets in, well, I in know, Casper. Well, I know there was some localized flooding here in Sheridan the other night. I know... Uh, um, oh, down by the park on the other side of uh, of Laux there, the Leopard Street area and whatnot, and um, A Street, um, I believe there was some flooding. So, you know, and it always floods on uh, Coffeen there, the corner by Wendy's. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah. it's literally like one of the first places where it floods. And But, yeah, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think... If this continues through the summer, I, as we said, I think we'll be okay. But we, yeah, traditionally it doesn't happen. Yeah, we're we're used to it. Just kind of, you know. I think this it was two years ago where we had a very wet spring, and even early summer, and then we got to like the first week of July and hit Fourth of July, and it just went dry as a bone and ninety five degrees every day, and you know it, it really dried things out in a hurry. No kidding. Okay, well. One of the concerns is, we, like we said, wildfires uh, coming up, which we ha we deal with in the West every every year. But part of the problem is traditionally when we have these wet springs, then if it dries out, there's a lot of, as you said, tender out there for these. Um, Vegetation. Right. Yes. The federal government on these federal lands, um, they seem to be at least maybe not concerned, but they're at least looking at this situation, mm -hmm. and you know, with a wary eye. Well, I, yeah, I think they're starting to realize that there has to be a little bit more forest management on federal lands. In the past, it was just let it go, and it's good for the forest, yada yada yada. Exactly, and, like, and that's been a problem. Clear yes. back to even when Yellowstone burned in '88. That that's what led up to that. That whole problem in Yellowstone and a lot of the forests around the country is that they just left it alone, and that's that's okay if they would have left it alone for centuries before that, but they didn't. Mm -hmm. So there were, 
you know, there was intervention, and then they left it alone. So now we have all of this tender laying around on the, the forest floor yes. that is creating a lot of these wildfire well, problems. And I think what a lot the, uh, the the feds are kind of looking at the fact that there's a lot of federal lands, of course, that border public land. And it's spreading onto the public land when we get these big fires on federal land. And they're starting to realize that, okay, we're affecting you know, private landowners, the public, you know, public lands and whatnot, just by not doing anything with our, our private land. Fed, well, it's not private, but you know what I mean. It's, right. it's managed by, you know, Big Brother. So, One of the things that I heard, there was a story, and I think it was one you did with uh, Senator Barrasso, where he was talking about they've, they've seen now that when these fires go from federal lands onto managed lands, whether they be state or private lands, that the fires seem to be less. Yes, they they they, they when kind they of go on when they come off of the federal lands. a little bit. Yeah, they're raging on federal lands, and uh, and they're raging because, like you said, you know they, there is a lot of undergrowth. Fuels, you know, yeah, yeah, fuels is I guess what they call. It. I mean, there's all sorts of terms, right? Forestry terms, I guess. But but uh, the, but the private lands and then the the state and and micromanaged lands, I guess, are the ones where they're cleaning this stuff out. So the fires will go through there, mm-hmm. but they're not killing the trees. They're not decimating. They're actually those lands. yeah. They're actually good for the forest right. and, and and they're much more controllable. They're not as dangerous to the firefighters to landowners to everyone involved i mean it's it's kind of just a win-win situation and i think the feds are starting to say hmm it may have taken us half a century but you guys may be onto something yeah figure that out (laughs) well you had some conversations this last week wasn't it yeah that were interesting right along these same lines first though we'll talk a little bit about the uh the uh, senate committee on energy and natural resources hearing it was held last thursday and of course, um, U.S. Senator John Brass was ranking member of that committee, and uh, he hosted Kelly Norris, who is the Wyoming interim state forester. She spoke. We'll get to uh, some comments from her as well. Uh, but first, uh, Senator Brasso, who, like I said, is the ranking member of that uh, committee, said Western states are once again bracing for what will likely be another devastating wildfire season this summer. As fire seasons have become longer and more destructive fire suppression costs have increased dramatically. Over the last five years, suppression costs averaged $2.86 billion a year. 2021, agencies spent a record over $4 billion in suppression activities. It is unsustainable to keep throwing more and more money and resources at suppression without dramatically increasing mitigation. Waiting for our forests and communities to burn is not a defensible strategy. Once again, that was Senator Brasso from last week's Senate's U.S. Senate Committee on Energy and Natural Resources hearing. And the hearing basically was held to examine the federal response to escalating wildfires and to evaluate reforms to land management and wildland firefighter recruitment and retention. And that kind of goes piggybacks on what you led the show off with, saying that the feds are starting to kind of be a little bit more open to this now. I mean, there's such an overwhelming amount of evidence saying that, hey, you're kind of doing this wrong. And and this is why we have these enormous wildfires in the West every year because of all this federal land that's just literally out there growing. That's unprecedented that the federal government is even looking 
at the possibility of admitting that there was something that they probably didn't have their right. a good handle on. That's yeah. just unprecedented. Yeah, it is, honestly. You know, but then again, what was it a month ago we were talking about uh, the grizzly bear? Yeah. In the uh, Yellowstone ecosystem, and now they're actually starting to move forward with that. It looks like, but. You know, I don't want to jinx them. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say, hey, the feds are actually doing something uh, productive here. And then all of a sudden they'll they'll put the brakes on and do a 360 and head the other way, you know. Well, it, it's interesting because everything, whether it's the grizzly bear reintroducing the wolf, blah, blah, blah. We all know the fires. We all know that um, a lot of the population areas, L.A., New York, Washington, D.C., are the ones that are pushing a lot of these, uh, the policies that have led to problems in the West mm-hmm. because these people don't understand. You know, it's not the same thing. When you have a piece of property outside of Wilmington, Delaware, where you're farming and whatever else, and you got, you know, 20 acres, it's completely different when it's backed up against a state forest or whatever else than when you're talking about a ranch that's backed up against, you know, a million acres in Wyoming or Colorado. Mm-hmm. Completely different situation. And maybe they're starting to realize, oh, well, maybe we don't know as much about this as yes. uh, we thought we Well, did. you know, I'm, I'm glad they are, but it's a shame it's taken... 50 like some I, odd years yeah, to, to figure out. At least half, half a century. Yeah, I mean, you could probably go back a little. But <laughs> anyway... Um, what else did Barrasso Continuing have to on say with about that uh, hearing, uh, yeah, Barrasso was pretty poignant uh, during that uh, hearing. He didn't really mince his words, honestly. Uh, he said America's wildfire crisis will continue to escalate until our forests are properly managed. Our forests are overgrown and they are unhealthy. This is due to decades of misguided policies, including a hands off approach to management and associated declines in sawmill infrastructure. Between Forest Service and Department of Interior lands, over 100 million acres are at elevated risk to high-intensity, catastrophic fires. Okay. Interesting. uh, Pretty interesting. Well, are they going to listen to it? I don't know. I mean, there was a lot of good testimony. I kind of uh, listened to a little. I mean, it was a long hearing. I didn't sit and... Right. You know, but uh, there were a lot of people that testified. There was a lot of um, interesting takes on it. And it's kind of like what you're saying. And I think that is what some of these these uh, congressmen and congresswomen in the western states are trying to get through to the uh, federal government is that you, you, you have to take into consideration that it's completely different in the west than it is, like you said, in wherever, Delaware or, right. or you know, Massachusetts. I mean, there's plenty of forest there too but you know what i'm saying I mean, it, it's they're quite managed a, different yes in they, they or i guess i should say what works in the on the east coast on whatever federal lands they may have doesn't necessarily work on the west right yeah in, in the mountain west i mean it's i mean because what have we seen the past 10 15 20 years there's just been colorado's have had raging fire seasons of course california oregon washington state mm-hmm. even, i mean washington you know washington's known for a lot of rain yet they've been having raging wildfires yeah so and now you got western canada on fire yeah well you got a lot of canada on fire yeah i know we had to deal with a lot of that smoke about three weeks ago and then the rest of the country got it uh, the east coast and it, it didn't become a real big story until 
New York get hit. Yes, <laughs> as soon as yeah, well, as soon as DC and uh, New York and Philadelphia and Boston started getting smoked, like uh, Billings did during '88. Yeah, then, then like, all of oh a sudden God. I turn on the Weather Channel and they're covering it like it's this big breaking news. I'm like, this is what we deal with every, every single summer. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, come on, man. What? And I know. I, I mean, it affects so many more people when it's on the Eastern Seaboard. Sure. But still, I mean, let's let's say, hey, you know. This is, this is a that, bad thing regardless of whether there's I, I know, was, a million people or 30 million people. I, I just I, I laughed at that. I was just like, come on, man. This is <laughs> whatever. A- anyway, also from that hearing, um, Wyoming State Forester Kelly Norris, she's the uh, interim state forester. She was there as well. Yes. And yeah. um, now she has some, I think she's from Buffalo or used to work in Buffalo. She is has she some really? ties. Yeah, she has some ties to Johnson County. I'm oh, not darn. 100% sure. Uh, Senator Brasso was telling me about that in my interview with him last week. He was hmm. talking about uh, that. Anyway, uh, he welcomed her, and she had some really good testimony. She talked about uh, all the different agencies that are involved in coordinating wildfire response efforts in Wyoming. Wyoming State Forestry is tasked with wildfire suppression and management on 3.5 million acres of state trust land and coordinating suppression on 29 million acres of private land. 48% of the state is federally owned. The BLM manages 18 million acres, the Forest Service manages 9 million acres, and the BIA manages 2.2 million acres, each having their respective suppression responsibilities. Wyoming State Forestry is an extremely small organization. We depend almost exclusively on local county volunteers and our federal partners for initial attack. State Forestry supports the state's initial attack response with our Helitac, single-engine air tankers, and the inmate conservation crew. In Wyoming, we believe in the closest resources response concept. Typically, that means our county cooperators will be the first firefighters arriving to the wildfire. Other times, it might be the BLM or U.S. Forest Service firefighters who are responding first to a wildfire. Everyone coordinates to suppress wildfire, no matter the jurisdictional responsibility. And that was Kelly Norris, who is the Wyoming interim state forester. And also from her testimony, she uh, highlighted some of the uh, things that uh, would really help mitigate some of these raging fires, including uh, forest management, active management, uh, intentional harvesting, hazard fuel treatments and prescribed fire, which a lot of people do say, you know, thinning, thinning of the forest. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. Um, I had a sit down with uh, Senator Brasso on Friday, a day after this hearing, where he uh, was in Sheridan and stopped by the studios. And we talked a little bit more about it, and he talked about, you know, what can be done and and where they're at now. And, you know, he's... I could sense a little frustration in his his voice about, you know, that we need to get to the other side of this. I mean, you're never going to prevent forest fires. Ask Smokey the Bear. He'll Mm -hmm. tell you. Um, But you, you have to do all you can to mitigate... What happens once a fire starts? Right. And for decades now, the feds have been just saying, meh, it's a little overgrown. Oh, well, it'll burn. And that's been part of the problem. Traditionally, for eons in this part of the world, the wildfires come through and periodically clean out the forest floor. Mm -hmm. They don't generally kill the trees. Right. That's what they're designed to do and all of those i don't know if people are even aware of this but those those pine needles or pine cones they open up and drop their seeds in a fire mm-hmm. otherwise I didn't, I didn't they know don't that either. yeah 
the fire opens those cones up and they drop the seeds, which is where the seedlings come from. Part-time botanist. So I I had read that somewhere. (laughs) I had read it somewhere. But anyway, so it's interesting that the forest, if, if, quote-unquote, if you leave it alone, will take care of itself. But you had to have left it alone from the from beginning, the yeah. beginning, yeah. You could if you go yeah. in there and you cut down trees and you leave all that stuff in there, that's been the problem. So we need to clean all of that stuff that has accumulated through human activity, and then leave it alone. Yes, you know. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying fence it off and don't let people use it, but you need to have it as as close to pristine as you can after human activity. And then if there's a fire, it's not going to be catastrophic. It'll move through there. It'll burn all the stuff on the ground. It'll bring seedlings back in. And the next year, it'll have wildfires and be grown back and do what it's done for millennia. I, I, I think, to piggyback on your statement, Aaron, it's <clears throat> you can't manage the forests like you did in 1955. Mm-hmm. Things have changed. You, you have to step forward and say, we are in a different time and a different era, and things are going to be done a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. For years, growing up in Oregon, you know, Oregon produced timber, the world's timber, for decades. And all of that forest out there was, it was logged. Now, there are still pockets out there that are old-growth, quote-unquote, forest, and they've protected that. But as far as the Cascades and the Coast Range goes in Oregon and Washington both, those have been logged for decades. And initially, back in the turn of the last century, all of those logging companies, or a vast majority of them, came in there and clear-cut everything. And they figured out at some point here in the last within the last 50 years, that that was a a practice that was not good. You're talking about uh, stream deprivation. Mm -hmm. Um, All of that, the mud and all the debris going into the streams was killing the fish and the salmon and blah, blah, blah. So all of that was outlawed. But they still could go in and take those logs out of there by selective cutting and not taking an entire huge mountain and and logging that all off and clear-cutting it. So there still can be human activities there. It just needs to be done sanely. Yes, and I understand, you know, the conservation and whatnot. Sure. You know, there's this fear of, of, okay, we're going to go in and thin the forest when they're actually going in and basically what you're talking about, just harvesting it, you know, clear-cutting. But... You know, you you got to have the yin and the yang. You, you have to have you got to have some kind of compromise in the middle. That there's a reason why we're having these raging fires. And you know, I mean, you can argue all you want about climate change and all, all this other stuff, but really, it's because for the past 50 years, the federal government has been like, well, you know, we don't really need to do this. And it's like now they're saying, well, maybe we should have done this. Mm-hmm. You know, so. At least they're looking at this as a possibility. That, like we said earlier, is unprecedented. Yeah. That's just crazy. But well, I think we're jinxing them. We're giving them too much credit, Aaron. You know that. Very true. <laughs> Jackson Electric Open Line Friday. Numbers to call if you have anything you'd like to talk about or talk about this. The numbers to call 674-4443, 672-5763. Aaron Palmer and Ron Richter. We're going to quick take a quick break. And we'll come back and talk more about wildfires and 
what can and can't be done right after this. the most complex electrical applications, Jackson Electric has the knowledge, the experience, and the reputation to meet and exceed any electrical need or requirement. Jackson Electric's expertise even includes phone systems, data systems, LED lighting systems, fire alarm systems, and irrigation systems. Residential, commercial, industrial, agriculture. If it has anything to do with electricity, anything at all, Jackson Electric does it all at 1851 North Main in Sheridan. Let's talk about 963 Trabing Road. Country living just 20 minutes from downtown Buffalo. This great country property on 66 acres with no covenants features custom cabinets, a wood stove, covered deck, fireplace, private well, central air, and a large greenhouse. Horses are allowed, RV parking, and a large storage shed. The view of the Bighorns and Crazy Woman Canyon will seal this deal. Call Dolly Bellis at Buffalo Realty and ask her about this ranchette on 963 Trabing Road. It is critical we keep AM radio in all cars and all trucks. Hey, Sean Hannity here. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for news, traffic, weather, sports, and a community connection, as well as news information and, yes, opinion. It is the backbone of the emergency alert system, and that keeps us safe in dangerous times because when cell and Internet services are down, well, this free emergency service might be your only lifeline. Now, text AM to the number 52. 886. Text AM to 52886. Tell Congress that we need AM radio in our cars. Text AM to 52886 today. Standard message and data rates apply. From Billings to Buffalo, this is the News Talk Station, FM 103.9 and 930 AM KROE. KROE. Who loves the people of Buffalo and their businesses? Range does. And they want you to stop by their pop-up event going on from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. this morning at the Crazy Woman Square in Buffalo. Range is all about supporting local and Main Street businesses that make Buffalo special, and they're showing their appreciation with a celebration. Pop on down for free coffee, juice, and donuts. And if you're a downtown Buffalo business with Range Fiber, chat with their team to learn about their exciting Internet service. Plan on this morning, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. at Crazy Woman Square on Main Street in Buffalo. Whoa, there we are. All right, and we're back. Jackson Electric Open Line Friday, Aaron Palmer and Ron Richter. And this morning we're talking about wildfires. This has been kind of a... I don't think anybody's even thought about this other than the federal government, and we'll get to that in a minute. But with the amount of moisture that we have had so far this spring, a lot of people are, are not even thinking about wildfires. But traditionally, we know that if it dries out like we think it's going to, this could be a huge yeah, wildfire the, the season. the potential is very high. Right. And like I said, I know, I mean, we kind of picked a, a <laughs> an ominous time to <laughs> talk about wildfires right. where it's raining right. out and people are probably driving around going, listen to these two yahoos talking about wildfires. <laughs> it's and flooding. And I'm flooding. I'm, repla- I'm replacing my sump pump, and these guys are talking about wildfires. But, <laughs> but the possibility is there. It's well, very and rare. honestly, when you get this much moisture, and then you go into tinderbox heat, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's 
It is literally the uh, perfect combination. Could be a, as they say, and, the perfect firestorm. I, I hope not. I mean, I'm hoping Agreed. that that we transition a little Agreed. slower and we get a little bit of rain in July and August. But I I've lived here long enough to where I know what usually happens when we have springs like this. Mm-hmm. And then all late August, early September, and even sometimes into November, we're doing wildfire stories. Right. And then everybody that's camping is, you know, complaining, goes, what do you mean I can't have a campfire? Yes. You can't have a campfire and, you know, fireworks and all that stuff, but... You know, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what we're talking about today. If you got something that you want to talk about other than this, or even if you want to talk about this, uh, venture an opinion, whatever you want to do, numbers to call 674-4443 or 672-5763 on the Jackson Electric Open Line Friday. And I saw, uh, this is from Cowboy State Daily talking about, well, let's go over the poll question before I go to this. Uh, First Northern Bank of Wyoming poll question, are you concerned about the coming wildfire season in Northeast Wyoming? Um, it was 48% said yes, 47% said no. Actually, one percentage, one vote. Uh, 135 votes said yes, 134 said no, 15 are still riding the fence. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Like you said, we're... And, and, you know, I honestly, I'm a little unsure, too. Sure. Because I don't know. I I mean, this is great. The moisture is awesome. A lot of people would say we've had too much. Um, It's green? Yes, it is very green. We we went to Cheyenne last week, and as we were driving towards there, it just kept getting a little bit less green. Yes. You know, they, they have not had the moisture, and they did not have as... You know, they had a lot of snow, but they had it in, you know, in abundance. It didn't really... Our snowpack kind of dissipated nicely here. It, it didn't get too warm. I mean, I know people are flooding and there's floods and stuff and, and whatnot. And but that's from rain, not yes. from well, snow it, 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 it was almost inevitable. I mean, right. we had so much moisture that the ground's so over, over-saturated right now that it's just not taking it on. But, yeah, it was interesting driving down there and just seeing the change, looking out you know, the window. I'm like... Yeah, we're not in Sheridan County anymore. It's not green. <laughs> but yeah, it was like it was like coming back to dare I say Ireland. I mean it was like when yeah. we when we came back, it was like huh. It reminds me of home. Yeah. Know, in it, Oregon. It was it's like, just that green. So. It was like the Moors. No kidding. We do have a caller. Caller uh on the Jackson Electric open line Friday. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I wanted to talk about the subject you brought up. Uh I own a ranch out here 40 miles east of Sheridan, and I'm pretty concerned about a bad grass fire again this year, but I think that's something ranchers worry about every year. But, boy, there's a lot of grass this year. It's beautiful. Uh, But north of me, we had that big 26,000-acre fire. I think it must have been maybe three years ago now or two. Anyway, I can stand on a hill just not far from my house and look north, and the grass is just as green and pretty as far as the eye can see to the north and and east and west, and it looks like the city park. It's beautiful. But one thing that has crossed my mind is what happened to the sage hens. I know a lot of people are worried about them. And I would imagine a lot of them 
burned up in that fire. I think it was probably late enough in the year that I doubt if they had eggs, but their their young wouldn't have been very very old and probably couldn't outrun a fire. So we've lost wild, probably other wildlife too. But uh, I also wanted to comment on the mountain. You were talking about the dead trees and all that. Uh, back in the 80s, I worked for a sawmill, and part of my job was to go up on the mountain and cut logs and posts and poles. And this was up on Buffalo Mountain. So I went up there. Some way it was kind of nice because I stayed in a tent by myself and made my own hours and everything, got paid by the tree I cut. But what really irritated all of us is the Forest Service made us cut down every tree that was there. It didn't matter if the tree was 50 feet high or it was knee high. We had to mow them off all against the ground. And I've never seen such a waste. And I don't know why they wanted it done that way. But we destroyed a lot of trees just to get the few trees that we could use and sell. So, and of course, I'm, I've been planting trees ever since because I feel kind of guilty about what I was part of, but we didn't have any choice. So anyway, that's what I wanted to comment on this morning. Okay, thank you. Well, I know, uh, I don't know if this was the case, but sometimes, especially in this part of the world, there are uh, forest managers that want to get rid of certain types of trees, like whether they be Douglas fir or Scotch pine or whatever in certain areas. And so that may be what at least a portion of that was about, was maybe they were wanting to thin a specific tree. I don't know. I'm just saying that could be a possibility. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, but thank you, caller, for the uh, the insight into what happened. Okay, um, we're going to talk about. There's a, a story, like I said, on Cowboy State Daily that was kind of interesting. That um, we'll talk about. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about that on the far side of that on the Jackson Electric Open Line Friday. We'll be back right after this. electric and you'll see the light. Maybe it's as simple as adding an extra outlet. Maybe it's as detailed as wiring an industrial building. Maybe it's high efficiency LED lighting or a fire alarm system or phone system installation and repair. Maybe it's data system wiring, irrigation wiring or electric motor sales and repair. 
commercial, residential, industrial, agriculture, above ground, below ground. Call Jackson Electric and you'll see the light at 1851 North Main in Sheridan. For the next two weeks, every piece of bedroom furniture at Moss Holders Design Center is on sale. Moss Holders carries lots of bedroom manufacturers so you can find the look, the quality, and the pricing you're after. Moss Holders carries handmade barnwood beds, bedroom pieces finished by the Amish, as well as budget-minded bedroom furniture for a kid's room or guest bed. Whether you need just one nightstand or an entirely new master suite, every bedroom purchase is on sale at Moss Holders. Moss Holders Bedroom Sale runs through June 24th. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. It's soon to be Father's Day, so whether he's an outdoor enthusiast, a collector, or simply appreciates the finer things in life, a William Henry knife from Legacy Diamond and Gems is the perfect companion for any occasion. With their razor-sharp blades and ergonomic designs, these limited-edition knives are not just tools, they are works of art that reflect the unique personality of their owner. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, we are proud to support products made in the USA, like William Henry knives, exclusively available at Legacy Diamond and Gems, 11 North Main Street in downtown Sheridan. Thursday's right around the corner, and CB Supply in Sheridan is your one stop shop for all things yard and garden. They've got power tools to make yard work a breeze. From top of the line mowers to trimmers, blowers, and everything in between. Need gardening tools? They got them. Hand tools, gloves, seeds, soil, you name it, they've got it. At CB Supply, they have the perfect gift for the dad who loves his outdoor space. So head down to CB Supply in Sheridan on Heartland Drive, Monday through Friday, 7 30 a.m. to 6 30 p.m., and Saturday, 8 to 3. So what's wrong, Fido? Did Timmy fall down the well again? What? You mean you don't want this dog food? You want a different dog food? Okay, so you want Northwest Naturals raw diets for dogs, sold locally only at the Health Nut? Wait, wait, you want some A-plus answers raw goat milk formula with raw honey and organic cinnamon? And they have Northwest Naturals for cats too? You guys stay right here. I'm going to the Health Nut in Sheridan's Fifth Street Mall right now. Mowing the lawn, working out, walking the dog. It's never been easier to keep your favorite music, current local news, sports, and weather information right there with you. Sheridan Media will keep you company wherever you go with our smartphone apps. Visit SheridanMedia.com app and choose the stations you want. Live streams of your favorite hit music, rock, country, classics, and the best talk shows on the radio, all for free. And with podcasts of Public Pulse in the 90s at 9, you can listen when it fits your schedule. SheridanMedia.com app. And we're back on Public Pulse Open Line Friday, 9.30 a.m. and 103.9 FM KROE. And this morning on Open Line Friday, we're talking about wildfires and the possibility of what could be a catastrophic wildfire season based on um, the fact that we've had so much moisture this spring. Everything is green. Everything is growing. Uh, matter of fact, the uh, building inspector in Buffalo was warning people, hey, if you haven't mowed your grass, you might want to make a concerted effort to get after it because they're going to start fining people if it's good at a certain length, you know, certain well, they should. height or higher. So it's growing everywhere. Everything is green, like you said, on your way to Cheyenne last weekend. You know, it was green clear to such and such, and yeah. it started well, to taper And it off. still was pretty green. It was more sure. green than usual. But you could see, literally, you could tell once we were outside of Sheridan County and Johnson County. Once we started getting down to, Natrona, you know, yeah, and then you could be like, yeah, okay, well, this is a little bit more normal, but yeah, it, it was There's nice. There's been a lot, a lot of moisture up in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're talking about is the possibility of 
a catastrophic wildfire if everything goes south. If, if we get into, as you said, next month in July, which is traditionally hot anyway, but if it turns where we're getting no moisture, this stuff could turn into yeah. brown tinderbox craziness. And then come mid-August, oh, yeah. I mean, you just get a little flare-up and a little bit of wind. And off it goes. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like gasoline. <laughs> Let's take a look at the poll question again, because people were were kind of split on this. Yeah, right down the middle, actually. Uh, the first Northern Bank of Wyoming poll question, are you concerned about the coming wildfire season in Northeast Wyoming? Um, 135 people said yes. That was 48%, 47%, 134 said no, and 15 were unsure. So literally right down the uh, the middle, I mean... And that's kind of where we're at. We don't know. Yes. You know, we're, we're hoping it doesn't happen. Traditionally, we know chances are pretty significant that there could be yeah. a significant fire season. And it, it, it did surprise me a little bit that, that there was that many that weren't concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm a pessimist, and I'm, I'm pretty concerned. And, and I'm hoping my concerns are are hollow and we don't have a catastrophic fire season but but that's a traditional thing that everybody does every year every year Ron. you're like yeah well are we concerned yeah because we know it's a possibility every year well and and i think i'm thinking maybe i don't know some of the people are just thinking well it's since we've had since yeah it's really wet it's less likely to happen which very easily could be with yes because if we do get some moisture in in july and in august which we usually don't, but if we do, you know that that then it could, could change fun. all of this. And another thing is, is how many thunderstorms are we going to get? Right. Because if we get these dry, lightning-fueled thunderstorms in the middle of the night, you're going to wake up to fires. Yep. And it'll smell like a barbecue. Yep. That's it. Well, there was a Cowboy State Daily story that I read earlier uh, this week, and it, it was talking about. Because of the wildfires in Canada, this got people thinking, you know, hey, Canada's on fire, western U.S. usually on fire during the summers, what are we looking at? So that's kind of what prompted, not this story, but the idea that since Canada's on fire, maybe the western U.S. is just, you know, right around the corner. And according to the story, the Cowboy State Daily story, um, Laura McConnell is a fire communications specialist with the Forest Service's Rocky Mountain region. She doesn't think that it's going to be a catastrophic season. According to her, she said the chance of a monster wildfire season, probably not. Um, according to her, long-term forecasts models do not indicate any significant anomalies for Wyoming, so a normal fire season is what she is expecting. So that's good news if that's, it comes uh, about yeah i mean that's it's positive news it's just you never know but in the same story mm-hmm. there is there's always a but mm-hmm. aaron voos hope i said that correctly is a spokesman for the medicine bow route national forest he seems to think that it very easily could so again we're yeah. everybody's kind of 50 50 sitting yeah, on the fence the old... but he said rapid growth of greenery which is what we've seen so far could turn into tender for forest fires later in the summer which is what we're that's the concern mm-hmm. so even even the experts don't know don't know yeah. for sure I, and you know flip a coin 
And most times they've got a pretty good handle on what this could be. But, you know, it's like the weatherman. You know, most times they're pretty accurate. But in what other, (laughs) like they say, in what other (laughs) occupation can you be wrong 50% of the time and still have your job? But, you know, who knows? Meteorologist. Exactly. Exactly. So... The summer could continue to be rainy and everything could be fine. We don't know. Mm-hmm. We have absolutely no idea. You spoke with Senator Barrasso after yeah the, the, hearing, the hearing. The hearing was held last uh, Thursday in D.C. and uh, and then he was in Sheridan Friday and he stopped by the Sheridan Media Studios and I, I kind of you know it was a lot of the same stuff that he said but it was a little bit different because I, I asked him I, I said what is the major issue and. Uh, Brasso said forest management on federal lands is where there's quite a big issue going on. With the federal government, you can't do anything. There may be some old trees, some falling down. You, you can't get them out. You can't clean things up. So there's all this dead fuel. Lightning strike, number one cause for that. Get a fire. That thing is going to rage. And the, the, we know they're much more destructive, much harder to put out, much greater resources. And it's because we're not allowed on federal land to go in and do the sorts of things that we do on private land and we do on state land because we know best ways and the best practices to manage those forests. And that's one of the things we were talking about mm-hmm. is that, and he mentioned this specifically, that the uh, federal lands you can't go in and do anything to clean that out but yet when you have state lands or county or whatever private lands that are butted up against those that those agencies or those landowners are cleaning this out that's what they're seeing is okay these wildfires are raging on the federal land and as soon as it gets to the state or private land all of a sudden it's not quite as raging anymore here's a comparison that i like to use for something like this. Uh, it, it may be a bit cryptic, but um, you put all this time into your yard and having your house look good and you know you get a nice driveway, picket fence, all that good stuff. But if you're living next to Sanford and Sons, it kind of depletes <laughs> what you've done. True. It, it kind of takes the air out of the bag because you're living next to the jungle. <laughs> I was not expecting it. That struck me as funny. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, it's... But it's true. Right. I I get it. And, you know, there are, even even in in cities, you know, you're exactly what you said. You know, the neighbor next door has the pedicured lawn, da-da-da-da-da, and next door, you know, stuff is chest high. Yeah. And goes that way through the summer. Not only do you have a chance of fires, but you've got... You know, snakes and the, the, mice and whatever else dog there, next right, door, yeah. that you just don't know. So that's part of what what Barrasso is talking about is the federal government. Uh, you know, he said this a thousand times. Well, you know, Washington needs to figure out how Wyoming does it, and you know. But in this instance, I think he's yeah. right on, right on, nail on the head. I always laugh when they say that yeah. because it's like, well, but you, you Can are. You explain that a little. You bit? are Washington, though. You know. <laughs> I you know I, I get the whole big picture, but it's right. you know it's a little Interesting. crazy. A- anyway, um, we have you one t- more one more cut from uh, Barrasso, and he kind of expands on what he said in that first one, where um, he talked about uh, that a lot of the testimony from Kelly Norris, as well as others at the hearing, it wasn't just Norris; a lot of others testified, uh, focused on forest thinning. 
If you do these healthy thinning processes, if there is a fire, not that hard to deal with. It's a healthier forest, a healthier watershed as well. I mean, we get these massive wildfires. I mean, there's a threat to wildlife. There is clearly a threat to the workers who are in there trying to battle these. There's a threat to the watershed because it has huge impacts there. So all of these things are impacted much more dramatically if you don't do things to protect the forest in the right way. That's interesting because people don't, some people don't even think about that. I know that the, the city of Buffalo, their water comes from Tyhack Reservoir. Mm, the watershed. Right. Common and made. the same thing with, you know, Sheridan, same thing. Their, their mm -hmm. water comes right off the mountain. Park so, Reservoir. Mm -hmm. If there are fires up there, with the fire suppression efforts that they use on federal lands, if that stuff gets into the water system, there's an issue. Yeah, better have a big Breda. Right, you know, at, at the very least. And, yeah. and they're, you know they're going to shut it down if, yeah. if that stuff gets into the reservoirs. They, you can't drink that. Well, and, then the, and then comes the task of trying to get it out right. safely. Right. So how do you do that? Good question. Yeah. The best thing would be to prevent it getting in there in the first place. Exactly. So I know Buffalo, as an example, has, has drilled wells up there in case something like that happens. But even then, it's ne it's not going to replace the amount of water that they would get from those reservoirs. Right. It's just kind of a stopgap, and you know there'd be serious rationing in the city of Buffalo and, and surrounding area if that happened at Tyhack. And it's right up there on federal lands. It would be boiling water. Exactly. If that would even work, I don't know. No, it probably. I don't. I don't. Know. If you're talking about you know just ash and you know debris getting in there, that's probably one thing. But if the, if you get the fire retardant, yes, would you even be able to get that out of the water? Who knows? Right. Yeah, that's that's a good question, and, and you know that's a good way to look at it. Is there's a lot of different factors, and it's the cause and effect. You know, this does not just constitute trees burning. Right. There's so much more to it than that. Also, when Barrasso said, you know, protecting the firefighters, because we have lost mm -hmm. countless firefighters over the last however many years. It's a dangerous job. It is. And they and those those guys go in there, they do their job, and you know, if we didn't have if we did not have these catastrophic wildfires like we have now or have had traditionally those their job would be that much easier it'd be way less dangerous mm -hmm. it'd be just a matter of containing you know containment and mop up right as opposed to going in there and getting into the middle of a raging fire where they very easily could lose their lives over it and they mm -hmm. have yeah a lot of them have and that's something that needs to be looked at i i think as we said earlier, I think the federal government looking at this and going, well, I think maybe we messed up here. Great. Absolutely. And I think... Let's just hope um, they don't sit on their hands and say, well, we messed up. Not much we can do about it now. Because right. that seems to be the approach sometimes from the federal it, government. Exactly. You know, depending on what happens. And and when our sen I don't know, if, did Barrasso push this or did somebody else? Uh, he was one of the... Yeah, one behind it. Yes. But there this. were other... Um, it was very bipartisan, actually. There was there was both sides, and, and I think 
you know, there's a little bit of argument on each side because you got a lot of environmentalists and whatnot saying, you know, oh, the trees. But it's like, well, then if the trees all burn, what's going up into the atmosphere, environmentalist? You know, I mean, there's there's yeah. that too. We're putting carbon in the air, yeah. people. So you know, there's yeah, because I think uh, I think Mansion was one that was uh, really big on it. Um, so it, it was a bipartisan hearing. There was a lot of testimony, and it was interesting because it, it showed, you know. It wasn't so much a political issue; it was a, a basically a, uh, an issue of you know this needs to be rectified and changed, and we have to manage our forests a little bit differently than when it was 1955 and poodle skirts were in. All right. Uh, well, let's hope that something happens on this. That's all we can hope at this point. That'll do it for this week's Jackson Electric Open Line Friday. Thanks, Ron, for joining me. As always, have a great dirt We'll be back next week. Jackson Electric and you'll feel the power. If it has anything to do with electricity, anything at all, call Jackson Electric. Commercial, residential, agricultural, it makes no difference. Call Jackson Electric. Jackson Electric does high efficiency LED lighting and fire alarm systems installation. Wiring a home, wiring a business, new electrical service or enlarging existing surface. Call Jackson Electric and you'll see the light at 1851 North Main in Sheridan. Our service department offers the best in automotive service to our customers. Hi, this is Chris Hayden from Waring Sheridan Chevrolet. Our facility has the latest diagnostic repair equipment, and our highly skilled technicians will deliver the most efficient and quality vehicle care you can find. We offer oil change, tire rotation, and inspect your vehicle to make sure your vehicle is running its best. That includes free pickup and delivery within the Sheridan city limits. Plus, if your vehicle is in need of any mechanical repairs, we have the best team of technicians to get you up and running. Waring Chevrolet, 107 East Alger. The Sheridan Farmer's Market is back for another great season in a new location at Whitney Commons Park. You'll find local produce, meat, eggs, coffee, baked goods, and outstanding locally handcrafted items every Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m., June 22nd through September 14th. See the best our hardworking local producers have to offer at the Sheridan Farmer's Market Thursday evenings at Whitney Commons Park, sponsored in part by Sheridan Media. And remember, please leave your pets at home. Summer's here. That means warm weather road trips. You're ready, but is your car ready? Are your tires safe for hot weather driving? Midas Tire and Auto has rebates up to 170 bucks on name brand tires like Michelin, BFG, Cooper, and Hankook. Is your vehicle's air conditioner running on empty? New or old, including the most recent YF Freon systems, Midas works on all AC systems, getting and keeping you safely on the road for this summer's travels. See Midas Tire and Auto in Sheridan. Well, it's just a fact that sometimes the water well you have is just not the water well you wished you had. What if you turned on your tap and a little country band drained out singing? Water, water, cool, clear water. Well, that's just what 307 Wildcat Well Service delivers. They'll bore down old Mother Earth and find you that water. Now get ready for a phone number, 217-2155. Or find 307 Wildcat Well Service on Facebook, and you too will have 
cool, clear water. This week on the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast, presented by Jack and Kathleen Wood at 307 Real Estate, the Denver Nuggets are NBA champions. We recap Game 5 and some post-game press conference notes. Does Nikola Jokic actually like basketball? He's got the cutest kid I've ever seen and the two scariest brothers I've ever seen. And does Stan Kroenke know how microphones work? Plus, we talk about the larger parenting implications of Livy Dunn rizzing up baby Gronk. Those topics and more on the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast on ShareItMedia.com or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM and News Talk 930. K-R-O-B.